Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Some of my favorite episodes to do are with our podcast fans, our listeners. And a great way for you to be able to connect with us is through our Discord server. You're going to find a link down below. You're also going to see it on the screen as well. Um, you just go on there, jump into the, the Diesel Podcast server. There's tons of sections, whether you want to talk about a Cummins Duramax Power Stroke, General Talk. You want to have episode suggestions. Um, we have all of our sponsors on there as well. So any sales that they have or questions that you might have for them. It's really easy to be able to interact with us, other podcast fans, and then also companies that are out there that make parts. So I was on there the other day. There's a lot of really cool builds that I see you guys are doing. And uh, this gentleman had posted up his first gen truck that he had put a 5.9 common rail into. And he had a really cool story about it. He's done all the work on it. And we got to chatting a little bit and he works in in the diesel industry. He's, he's an educator. Um, he helps uh, you know people become diesel mechanics. And there were a lot of questions that people have asked me over the years as far as, um, you know, they're just out of high school or they're just they're, they're thinking about what they want to do. And, and they say, hey, how do I become a diesel mechanic? Or what are some things you've heard? Or what are some tips? So I'm going to ask them about that. Then also jump into this build, um, how, it, how it started, any challenges he had along the way, and then what his future plans are for it. Before we get to it, though, I want to encourage you guys, make sure and check out the link down below. We've got all of our sponsors there, and the sponsors of the Diesel Podcast are incredibly important uh, to what we do, and a lot of them have been on there you know, from the start. And when we mentioned the idea of you know, doing a show talking about diesel trucks and parts and trends and all the other things that are involved in, in uh, automotive, they were supportive of it. So if you're looking for a way to support the diesel podcast, make sure and check out those companies. You see the logos behind me and the, the signs with this BD diesel, RevMax, um, Fleece, um, DDP, Hotshot Secrets. There's tons of other ones there. So anything you're looking to do to your Cummins, Duramax, or Power Stroke, a great way to be able to ask questions, you know, get informed, make sure you get the right product that you need or the companies that invest into coming onto this podcast and answering the questions. And they want to make sure that, that you're educated that uh, you get the part that you want and that your truck's running the best way that it can. All right, let's get to today's podcast, chatting about a first-gen Cummins that has a 5.9 common rail in it. Aaron, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I appreciate you being on today. And the other day when uh, when you jumped onto our Discord server and posted up your build, I'm like, I I've got to get Aaron on the podcast to talk about this build. It's going to be really cool. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day to to chat with me and uh, you know tell our listeners about this really cool build and you know your your background in diesel and and uh, inspire some other people out there to jump into their own builds. For sure, for sure. I appreciate you having me. For sure, like I said, um, having the opportunity to talk about my truck. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? So I'm oh, definitely, yeah. I, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity for sure. So well, um, that's what we all love doing is talking trucks. You know, whether it's at events, a podcast, um, you know, on social media or different places. That's why we're we're all diesel enthusiasts. You know, for sure, for sure. So, uh, uh, what do you want to know? I guess. 
Well, I, I was really interested, definitely in the truck, but also your background in diesel, which a lot of, uh, a lot of questions we get from, from younger people, they'll say, Hey, I, I love trucks. Um, I'm really passionate. I'm, I'm mechanically inclined. I love to know how things work and I want to get involved. How do I start? And you have a really cool background with what you do. I wanted to have you just tell us a little bit about that and maybe give some tips for, for some people out there that they want to be a diesel mechanic. They want to be involved um, in the industry, whether it's, you know, like heavy duty stuff or pickup trucks or, you know, equipment, anything like that. Okay. Well, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm a diesel uh, technology instructor at a technical college here in Missouri. Um, I actually started in the diesel industry, I guess, when I was probably closer to 18. I had just got accepted into technical school and uh, I called the local international truck dealership pretty close to me. And I was working at a, a scholastic dist distribution center at the time. And he said, yeah, I'll hire you. He, I, I made it pretty clear. I didn't know anything. He's like, I'll give you a shot. And uh, he said, just let me know when your two weeks are up and uh, I'll have you out. Well, it's kind of funny. I, I called Scholastic, said, hey, I'm not coming in anymore. And I just called him right back and said, I can start tomorrow. So <laughs> that was kind of my introduction to actual working on pickups or I guess diesel for pay. Um, before that, you know, any 16 year old kids always scrolling through social media, just checking everything out. But um, from there, it segued into um, I finished my uh, my associate's degree at the college I teach at now. Um, I was a dealer service tech for seven years, six years, somewhere in there. Um, and from that, my old teacher actually hit me up and said, hey, I think you'd really be great for this teaching job. You want to give it a shot? So I applied. I got it. And um, it's just great. I mean, if you love diesel, anything related to diesel is worth doing. I promise you that. Because when I first gave it a shot, it just it didn't seem like it was going to be for me. But um, it definitely it's a great fit. And I love sharing the passion with younger kids. Um, and so basically what we do is I do medium heavy truck and the best way to get into any diesel field is to just be willing to learn. Um, if you have that hunger, that, that drive to want to know something, I'll be more than willing to give you anything you need to get to where you want to be. Um, those people that lack that hunger, you can tell pretty quick that, you know, I, I, I really don't want to put any time into you because you're not going to do or you're not going to go to that level that you should be, even though you, you're capable of it. They don't have that hunger. So, and I think that's with all aspects of life, but um, like I said, to get into it, I mean, if you just show somebody that hunger and are willing to put yourself out there, I mean, anybody in the field is going to be pretty receptive to what you're willing to try. So I would say that for sure. Well, we, de we definitely hear as well about uh, how much need there is out there. In, oh, for sure. In diesel, it's just, it seems so incredible. So the opportunities seem endless out there. Yeah, they're definitely endless. Um, we have, it's actually kind of funny. Um, we have a career expo at our school and we have dealers from, I teach heavy equipment and I teach uh, medium heavy truck. And um, the heavy equipment guys are a little different when they start school, they already have an internship and they're working for somebody, but the truck guys are mostly fair game to go anywhere. Um, and some of them might have jobs and that's where it's kind of funny where we have to tell the other companies like, Hey, if they have a uniform on for a different company, we can't have you trying to scab them off somebody else. <laughs> I mean, the need is so heavy that, yeah. I mean, that's what some might go to. And usually they're, they don't, and that's usually not a problem, but it's, it's crazy that we're to the point of uh, needing guys that bad that that sometimes comes across. Yeah. And it's so, and, special, uh, it's so specialized too, you know, and, and with yeah. the, the information that you need to know and just the experience, it's not like, I imagine they really struggle these companies with, you know, where to find somebody who can, you know, jump in, assimilate into the, into the, the company itself. And, mm -hmm. you know, they have the knowledge to be able to do the job. Yeah. I mean, 
the knowledge is definitely, I mean, 10, 20 years ago, if you could work on a car, you could work on a truck. Um, but where we're at now, as far as after treatment and emissions, I mean, it just, it's split off on a completely different path from the automotive field that um, I guess as far as the cars go, that you just couldn't make that transition or if you, you could, but it would be pretty difficult to try to, like you said, assimilate to what you would have to know to just be successful in some degree. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's really cool to be able to hear from, from younger people that are really, really passionate and <clears throat> we'll get messages sometimes about, uh, we'll say, Hey, my grandfather and my dad has this truck or had this truck and, and I loved it. And I've, I've been around it so long and I just, I want to, I want to work in it. It might not necessarily be high performance stuff they're interested in. Mm -hmm. They just, they want to work on equipment or heavy duty stuff, or they want to, they do want to work on pickup trucks. So I think, yep. um, you know, being able to have someone on your side that, you know, you're, you're helping educate and, and, and teach people and be able to show them, Hey, this is, you know, I teach everything that I know. We have this, this curriculum, this, this whole setup to be able to prepare you best to be successful. And there's all these companies that want to hire you and you're going to make great money doing it. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. If you walk up to any employer, I think in the state of Missouri, you tell me, you go um, to some kind of diesel technology program, or you come, you're coming out of some kind of VOTEC. I will promise you that they'll hire you on the spot right now. It's, it's pretty wild. It's uh yeah, it's, it's something I see all the time with, even with the high performance guys or the shop owners, yeah. like, man, I need, I need a mechanic. I need a mechanic. Yeah. It's I actually mean, pretty wild. Actually, I taught a guy um, two years ago when I had first started teaching um, and his big thing, he loved heavy duty, medium heavy duty, but um, he was really into monster jam. I mean, loved it. And he actually works. We're, we're pretty close to Pacific where Bigfoot's out of, and he actually works for them now. Oh, cool. And it was kind of wild that he just, he threw his name out there one time and the need, like you said, the needs just so expanse. I mean, in any, any industry, if it's related to motorsport that, I mean, they almost hired him on the spot. So it's uh yeah, that's, it, it's a good time to be in, in, in automotive and in that sure. specialty like that. And, you know, it was one of the things when, uh, when you posted on discord and you showed your truck, I'm like, there, there had to be so much work that went into this build. So I wanted to start with your truck at the start, the very start of the build, maybe even the idea, where did the idea come from of, Hey, this is the truck that I want to have and what I want to build. Uh, I guess the idea was I was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. When I started, I actually, the first, first gen I actually ever owned was a, a 93 that I actually traded. Uh, I actually segued out of heavy, medium, heavy duty for a little bit. I did a little automotive there in between and I came back to medium, heavy duty. And, uh, I worked at an automotive place and we sold wheels occasionally. And I actually traded a set of wheels for my first, first gen. It was kind of funny. And uh, it was a, it was a 93 single cab long bed. Um, and it actually had guttering. I still have the pictures um, for the, uh, the induction from the turbo. It was a non-intercooled truck. It was a 93. They'd swapped to a non-intercooled engine. And uh, they used guttering to get um, the charge from the turbo into the intake and they had it duct taped together. So <laughs> I definitely had my work cut out with me for, uh, with that. But uh for, I drove that around for a little bit after we built the engine in it, and then I made it a single cab short bed. Um, I actually had a guy show up to the shop that I worked at. Um, I worked on it a little bit, and it actually took off for a weekend, and it came back. When I came back to work, it was on a wreck, or is part is a parking lot with the front wheel knocked off of it. You know, and once you had worked on something pretty recently, you, you go you just go through it in your head. Did I do this right? Did I do that right? And uh, it actually turned out he got drunk and had wrecked the truck, but it sat there for months and somebody else had bought it and, uh, the single cab short bed. And, uh, 
the guy came in that bought it and he just wanted the carburetor off this truck. And uh, I said, well, I'll swap carburetors on it. If you let me have the truck, you know, he's kind of joking around and he said, yeah, I'll do that. So I ended up with a, a half ton single cab short bed and I still had this long cab or this single cab long bed. And um, those frames on those first gens um, until 91 and a half, I think they were, they were almost identical. Maybe the gauge was a little bit different. So I swapped that entire first gens drivetrain axles, engine transmission all of the single cab short bed. And uh, then I had my first kid and it kind of came across the thought like, man, this thing isn't really practical. I mean, it's a three quarter ton single cab short bed. I can't put a, a car seat in it at all. And then, you know, you see crew cabs around, but they're, they're few and far between. Yeah. And I always talk to my wife about it. I said, man, if I could ever get a crew cab, I'd, I'd pull the trigger on one, but they were always just hours away. And, you know, even a gas uh, single cab or a crew cab long bed two wheel drive would bring five, six grand. And, uh, I just, it wasn't feasible for me at the time. And then that was where the idea had came from that need for it, because, you know, I started having kids starting a family and, you know, a single cab truck or even the extended cab truck aren't very roomy crew cabs. It's still pretty tight, but it'll do it. But that's where the need came from, I guess. It's always one of the tough parts it's been for me is my favorite body style is a regular cab, um, like long bed, four wheel drive. I just, I, I love it. But then mm -hmm. I think I have no space for anything in the back. Yeah, or, sure. You know, one other person can ride with me. And it, it, you definitely come to that practicality part where, you know, the extended cabs or, or, or the crew cabs, you know, definitely have a, I'd say more utility to a more practicality. But it, mm -hmm. it was so cool when you were, when you had posted what you had done to this truck. And I know that a lot of the first gen fans, <clears throat> when you talk about this part, are going to go, oh, why do you, why do you swap that engine in it? But what, how did you come across a common rail and why did you decide to go with common rail versus, you know, the, the original motor or, you know, a, a P pump 12 valve or something like that? Yeah. Okay. A, uh, so when I bought the truck originally, it was a, it was a crew cab long bed, of course, but it was two wheel drive. Somebody had already taken the time to 12 valve swap it. And it was a 727 trans and I bought it. You know, I paid what I paid for it and it was still too much if you ask me, but you know, if you want to get in the crew cab <laughs> game, you have to pay for it. So it's, I, I actually lucked out. It was 30 minutes away and uh, it sat for a long time before I did anything with it. Um, just because I basically wasted all my funds to, to do anything for a little bit play wise on just buying the truck. And then I kind of looked at it and I messed with it. And uh, basically I didn't even hear the truck run when I bought it. I didn't even know if it would move. And uh Loaded it up, unloaded it. Like I said, it sat for a long time. And then I got to look into this 12 valve and all the valve covers were loose. I knew it was free, but in those, those 12 valves, those little VE pumps, they'll start basically anything, but any, any time, any, anywhere it seems like. So I got it to run, but as soon as I got it to run, um, something was going on in that pump. It went to complete high idle and just stayed there and was bound or it would, uh, they don't bounce off rev limiter, of course, but I mean, it was definitely way up there in the RPM range. It would not come down. So, I would think somebody that put that engine in there played with it before it got there. And um, it was just one of those deals that VE pumps aren't known for making power. And um, the single cab short bed I had, you know, it was a fun little truck, but even with that VE pump in there, just you can spend tons of money to just touch 450, 500 horse. I mean, there's a lot of first gen guys out there that are there and I won't deny that they're there. But if, if you look at what this common rail makes that actually ended up in the truck and what those VE pumps start out at, I mean, me just swapping the engine, I doubled the horsepower of that VE pump or what that VE was capable of, you know. So um, 
that's where I kind of came to it was I just was scrolling through Facebook one day and I seen that this guy was parting out. It was actually an 05, um, 3,500 Dually. And um, I, I hit him up and I said, Hey man, I got this 12 valve. You want to trade? And uh, he's like, I might do that. So I, I loaded the engine up. I took it three hours up there. Um, I talked to this guy and uh, it was actually really cool. He had like three or four industrial injection engines laying around. So I don't know what he was wanting with a little V pump 12 valve or yeah, V pump 12 valve, but uh I talked him into doing the deal. And uh, basically that's how I ended up with the common rail. I got a common rail with a rod knock for running 12 valve. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's really cool. And, and I love, I love doing these episodes and coming across these builds because there's so many different directions that, that, that you can go with it. And I think, you know, with, with the common rail engine to start is yet, yeah, you, you know, you doubled the horsepower just by going with that engine, but then in the aftermarket mm-hmm. and with what's available and how easily you can make that five, five fifty, you know, 600, wh- wherever you want, yeah. just electronically almost, you know, there's, there's some upgrades that you need along the way, but it just, it gives you so much more room to grow with a build or, or to be able to hit a certain, a certain power number, but actually, you know, getting, getting that engine in there and, and making it all work. What was that process like to be able to, you know, get it up and running? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So to get the common rail in there, it's actually, um, I've had a couple of people almost tell me I was a liar to do it, but, um, basically all it takes to put a common rail in one of these first gen frames is I, uh, well, I traded the guy for the 12 valve. Um, I asked him if I could keep the 12 valve engine mounts off the block. And he told me that that it was fine. I wouldn't need them anyway. So I just bolted the 12 out the, the first gen mounts to this common rail. Um, I had to remove the ECM where it mounted, um, tap one hole in the block that was already there. It just didn't have any threads in it. And uh, that engine dropped right where it should. I mean, the fire uh, from the rear of that valve cover to the firewall probably has an inch and a half clearance. I think it's a little bit more than the 12 valve actually has. It fit perfect. So um, getting that in there was super easy. Um, the rest of the build, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> what were some what were some other challenges or, or or things that you came across with the rest of the build that that you know made it made it harder or you know maybe even yeah. frustrating at times? Um. Really, the, the hardest part for me was getting the four wheel drive swap done. And it really wasn't terribly hard, but um, it definitely it would it frustrated me some um, what it took to make it four wheel drive. Um, I actually cheated quite a bit. You know, a lot of guys had measured twice, cut once. Um, my father, in law um, like I told you earlier, he actually has 12. Or he has he's had three first gens. Um, they're all basically the same truck. He's rebodied the same truck three times because he's, he's really good at driving, I guess. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I actually took um, a frame that he had bought from a uh, four wheel drive first gen that was pretty rotted um, as a donor. And I cut the top and bottom flanges off the frame and just kept the main flange and bolted it to my two wheel drive frame after I'd stripped all the control arms off of it. Um, and basically I just used it as a template. So that way there was no figuring involved. It was exactly where it needed to be, but getting it to the point where I could actually get to do that was, it, it definitely wore me out for a while. Um, and then the overall length of the, tr- the truck is a challenge. Um, 
just, I didn't really, I was really wanting to stay away from a carrier bearing. Um, and I just, I was trying to think a way around it. And I, the guy that actually sold me the truck, he had axles and a transfer case that he was trying to sell to me with it. Um, Cause he had plans to make it full drive as well. And I was getting to that point and um, I finally just said, forget it. I'll buy what he had off of him. I'll just call him up and see if he had it. And it was actually a divorce 205 transfer case, the new process. Um, and that made it super easy because I basically mounted this, that transfer case about uh, 36 inches or I guess a little shy of three feet um, back from the trans. So my rear shaft and my front shaft are identical in length. Um, so that kept me away from the carrier bearing. Of course, I had to one, one, run one extra shaft, but um, I just, I don't know what I have against carrier bearings, but I definitely, I have a vendetta against them. I, they've never really given me a reason why, but I figure the less parts, the better. So I just built a whole nother drive shaft instead. What kind of, what kind of transmission do you have in it? Um, that's where I get a lot of first gen guys to kind of go because even first gen guys don't like this trans. It's a, it's a G360, a get rag. Um, it was more or less something that I had bought when it was still a 12 valve and I was just going to throw behind it. And, uh, you know, I'd already spent 1500 bucks for the whole swap kit to make it a, a G360 truck. And, uh, you know, building the common rail about, um, tap me out as far as getting it where it needed to be. Um, because like I said, I had to buy a crank for it and a bunch of whole, uh, basically a whole rebuild plus the crank and cam. Um, so I just basically just out of necessity, I kept the G360. I took the adapter plate for that, um, uh, that trans and I took it to the machinist and said, Hey man, this is a second gen adapter plate. It's got this O-ring groove in it. I need it for this one. Um, so I either need you to mill this one down to this thickness so I can run it, or I need you to cut this O-ring boss. And he molded over a long time and it took some convincing him to get him to get him to do it for me. Um, but I finally talked him into it. Um, so that's basically what I ended up with. Uh, so it's a two wheel drive, get rag trans, uh, a common rail that was out of an 05, but I have 06 electronics on it. And then the, the do uh, the divorce transfer case is basically the whole drive train. It's, it's such a cool build to see the, the, the way you made this all work and, and, and put it together and, people are going to see the pictures, you know, when we post this on, on Instagram and, and YouTube and stuff, but it's just, it, it really caught my attention. And I, I love the ingenuity, like, you know, that, that you went through with, with the build itself and making everything work. And it's one of my favorite parts about these kinds of episodes is, is, uh, <clears throat> you know, you have a vision of a build in your mind and, and you definitely want to do things a certain way and you just mm -hmm. you make it happen, you know? And, and I know along the way there might've been points that you got stuck, but where were some, who were some people or companies or resources that you found were really helpful when you got to those points where like, I, I don't know, I'm going to make this work or I'm not sure how this should fit or, you know, how do I get the electronics to work on, uh, on the engine? How do I, you know, tie these things all in together? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there was definitely some, some of those points. Um, I'm definitely not an exhaust guy. Um, I, I think when this ends up on YouTube, my video ends up on there, but uh, the shop that I'm in is actually the shop I built most of the truck in um, as far as four wheel drive swapping and everything. Um, but I actually worked for a buddy in the summer, um, Caleb Wilson up in Sedalia with Wilson diesel um, and him and his uh, guy, Trey that works for him is a really great friend of mine too. Um, basically Caleb put the tune on there for me. I had another guy in Missouri tune it for me, executioner diesel, really great guy. He didn't even charge me for the tune to make it standalone. Um, and then Trey built the exhaust and it's actually got a bunch of Duramax. Well, I guess I wouldn't say a bunch, a bunch of Duramax parts, but it's got, got a few LLY parts on it as far as intercooling and piping goes to, to keep it cool or for the air charge anyway. So, uh, 
he donated the, donated those parts to it. Um, so I really want to give those guys a huge shout out. They helped me out a bunch. Um, I would have probably ran a hood stack had he not built the exhaust for me. <laughs> that's about my extent of it. I would have welded a ninety together and ran it out the hood. So <laughs> now with now where the build the the build sits now are are you hundred percent done or are there future things or some other things you want to do to the truck? I, I built the engine in mind with adding power later. Um, like I said, I was getting a little strapped on cash whenever I was putting it all together, you know, and I wanted to get to the finish line. So and I didn't want to cut any corners. So I really didn't want to go back to add power if I wasn't ready for it. So I, I spent the little extra money there. Um, like I said, I, I did have to cheap out on tires when I finally put tires on it, but uh, I bought a used set, but it's got a 178 208 Hamilton cam. I know it's not a huge cam, but it's, it's a little bit aftermarket. And that was more out of necessity too. Um, but I plan on getting rid of this get rag 360. I know I'll make a bunch of uh, second and third gen guys super happy. I don't know how many times <laughs> I've had to do with them. I'm going to break that trans, but uh, I'm going to get rid of it for sure. And then uh, I'm going to call the guy back that tuned it and see if we can't throw, you know, just the basic um, five position switch on it, just to kind of give it a little bit better power. Um, I already put a fast on it right off the bat because I mean, I didn't have anything else that was going to get fuel to the engine. So um, I, I put a 165 on it when I did it. So I had plenty of fuel. Um, and, you know, just the basic upgrades after that, maybe I'll probably do a charger first and then some sticks. Um, and then you just kind of see where it goes from there. Nothing crazy. I'll probably just shoot for like 550. But uh, right now, as it sits, I can't even drive the truck. I, I Like I told you earlier, I had, I had ditched it the other day. I had a, a steering component failure. I don't know if it, it's probably my fault. <laughs> But uh, I ditched it, so I'm going to have to put front fenders on it again. But uh, I'll probably – I'll definitely be a little bit more conscious of going along with the build here because I'm going to have to put spring packs back on it too. I bent those. So, I mean, where I'm at now, I definitely – it's definitely going to get some more work. Um, and there's some things that need revisited that um, – I got them done and they're done right. But, you know, it's just – you get done and you look at it, you're like, man, I definitely should have done that a different way. So, yeah. uh, I definitely yeah. – I'm going to do that. Well, it's, it's really good that you, you know, you had a power number in mind when you, you know, when you started the build and then, you know, like you'd mentioned with the necessities and some of the things that were wrong with that common rail when you first got it mm-hmm. and upgrading, you know, where you could with the anticipation of, Hey, I want to, you know, get to this power level or, or do these things with it. Now going through that process and having a budget in mind, I know this is another question I get a lot and I haven't done one of these builds. I haven't, um, I'm definitely not mechanically inclined enough to do it. And usually, you know, if I was going to even approach something like this, I would definitely need people to help me. So I don't know when you're setting up a budget and you have a project in mind, how you kind of avoid, you know, say spending money in the wrong place or, you know, Hey, maybe I should just go with a stock cam and use this money for some injectors, but I have a stock turbo. So when you were going through all those questions, what, what were some things or tips you would give somebody to say, Hey, if this is your budget for a build, you, you have some extra to spend. Um, you know, should you think about the power level that you want to be at? Should you put it into, um, you know, some mechanical things, maybe some, some upgrades, some, uh, you know, a different turbo, what would you suggest there? Um, you know, I wish I had told you I had a budget in mind when I was going to start this, um, but it was kind of more or less the money I had on hand. Um, full disclosure, I guess it, it won't hurt me to tell anybody. Um, bought, built, and the way it sits today broke, unfortunately. I have 25 in the truck, but it's paid for, so I guess I got that going for me. Um, <laughs> when I started, you know, I'd been around common rails quite a bit, so I kind of knew what it would take to build one. Um, 
basically, if you can do the work yourself, you're looking at about three. Um, and when I bought it, I knew it was going to need a crank. Um, I, I basically bet on that, a crank and a rod. I knew I was going to. So um, I, I basically was just kind of, when I was thinking about it, I was just sitting on the couch one night and I kind of just started writing it down. I knew I want, I didn't need anything crazy. I knew 550 was definitely achievable without a ton of power adders. Um, and I knew what I was in the truck for. So, I mean, just if you can think long-term, like I know it's great to think, Hey, I want a thousand horsepower truck, but if you can just think, what am I actually going to do with this truck? I mean, I got two kids now. It's a thousand horsepower street different truck. I mean, I, def, I know they're out there and I know they're pretty tame when they need to be, but for me, I have no need for it. So um, just that part of it. And then I guess I'm just trying to think how I just, I don't know. Um, having the summer job definitely helped to supplement the build because um, being a teacher, you know, I'm off three months of the year, but um, I don't know. I just kind of went with it. Um, definitely just know what you're going to get into, what you're going to use, and then just know the weak points of it. Like I said, the common rail, they're known for burning holes and pistons. Um, so the first thing I did, I built that engine. Um, I sent those injectors off, you know, because I couldn't afford the extra 2500 bucks to buy new injectors or new remands. Um, had them checked, you know, if I was ready, if I needed to replace them, um, I would, but, uh, I actually just had two rebuilt and they told me that the other, uh, four were great. So I rolled on with that. I knew stock air would get me fairly close to that 500 goal. Um, and then the cam, the cam was a necessity thing where the, the crank had got, um, some metal in the oil. It, it started eating a couple lobes off the cam, um, I guess the guys that owned that thing before me did not care about its life at all. They, they ran it for a little <laughs> bit after the rod bearing gave out, but um, that was more of a necessity thing there too. But I mean, when you think of the price point of cams, um, they're really not that expensive aftermarket over OEM. Um, I don't even know if uh, they might actually be cheaper. Um, I think the 178 208 was like 450 or 475. It might've been knocking on five, but I mean, cam and tablets from Cummins is probably going to be, that much more that much or more so um yeah i don't know it's that's a good question um but i would definitely if if you're going to keep it definitely do everything right and the best advice i can give somebody is if you know where you want to be do not rush it i mean it does not hurt a truck to sit there for a month or two not doing anything there was definitely some months where this truck just sat because i didn't have the funds and i wanted to make sure that if i did it and i didn't go to the next step that step that I was currently on was done right. And that's the biggest thing. Um, and that, that definitely helped with not having the budget. Like I said, um, I definitely have more in the truck than I wanted to, but not rushing it definitely made it to where it was today or what it is today um, without, you know, cutting corners. So. Yeah. I think that's, that that's really good advice, especially like you'd mentioned, just sending the injectors off to be tested to make sure, mm -hmm. you know, make sure they're working instead of kind of rushing for that finish line. And then you drive it for a little bit and then, you know, something happens with a piston or something like that. Well, then that's, that's more money. <laughs> yeah. That would definitely, that would have broke my heart. Um, I definitely, I had a couple of guys ask me too, you know, um, Hey, you're gonna send those injectors off, right? Are you gonna buy any sticks or, you know, um, and that definitely, that was definitely going to happen one way or the other. Um, I would not have ran it without doing that. And I know there's some guys out there that don't know that. So it's definitely, I guess it's good. We're getting it out there now that if you build an engine, those injectors need to be tested if it's common rail for sure. Um, yeah. even if they were just running perfect the day you took it apart, I would definitely have them tested because I mean, those guys that burn holes and piss and they weren't counting on those injectors going bad that day either. So, yeah. And, and a lot of times too, like you'd mentioned the previous truck and the guys, they didn't care about, you know, what happened to the engine is 
it can happen a lot out there where, you know, it's just, just because as an enthusiast, you know, where we, we look at the engine, um, we look at the fuel, fuel additives, what kind of oil we run, what kind of oil filter, we're paying attention to all these things and staying on top of the maintenance and, you know, have a log book and know exactly when it was done. doesn't mean the previous person did. Oh, and for sure. They might've just looked at it like, Hey, this is just a, a tool that I use for work or doing whatever I'm doing. And when it breaks, I'm just going to get rid of it and get another one and do it to that one as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, most enthusiasts um, definitely are the way that you had stated earlier, where we know through and through who owned this truck before me and who owned it before them and how it was treated. But mm -hmm. there's definitely some guys out there willing to just pass the buck and let it go to the next guy and let it be their problem. So um, knowing what you have or backtracking to know what you're going to have is definitely something if you're going to go used, um, whether you're buying a truck or buying a used engine or buying used injectors. I know there's some guys out there that that's what their budget's going to allow. Um, definitely just double check because it's not worth the gamble to be in it twice the money for the same thing at the end. Yeah. Or, or maybe even more. <laughs> oh, for sure. Probably more sometimes. I mean, uh, you burn a hole in a piston that decides that the rod bearing needs to go next. I mean, you might be buying a block then. So yeah. definitely not something you want to get into. It's one of the things I notice, uh, like in the, uh, you know, the used truck market and it's exploded you know, especially with diesel trucks, just how expensive they are. And, and, uh, I always just like to look and see what the market's doing, see what things are selling for. Mm -hmm. And you look at a power stroke, a Duramax and a Cummins, the Cummins trucks, you can just tell like they, they're used, like people use them. They drive them a lot. <laughs> and not that a power stroke or Duramax can't have high mileage. They can, but it's just, it's, it's a different kind of, different kind of thing. So whenever I've thought about Hey, maybe I'd like to do a build one day and, um, you know, I'm not going to order, you know, a billet block or something like that. I'm going to source an engine. I'm going to source a transmission is just mm -hmm. doing the checking. You know, like you said, even with the turbocharger, just, just other things is, you know, there's a lot of companies that'll you know, test injectors. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of turbo shops around places you can call and, and just make sure that stuff works before you send, you know, metal back into the intake or, you know, burn yeah. a hole in a piston or, just do something like that. So I think that'll definitely help people out there that are thinking about, you know, a build and, and, uh, you know, kind of planning it out is, you know, should I spend the money on wheels and tires or should I spend it on this or should I, you know, invest more of the money into cosmetics and body work and paint and stuff like that? Or yeah. should I invest it in this transmission build? And so I think, uh, I think that's really great advice. I know people are going to want to, they're going to want to see this build. I know I really liked seeing the, uh, the video you posted with the truck running, where are some places that, you know, people could check you out, check out the truck build and, uh, you know, just see how it runs and, and be able to follow you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram. I've just started getting back on Instagram. Um, I posted the truck a couple times on there. Um, it should be Aaron or Mopar on Instagram. And then on TikTok, it's RPG underscore Rivera. Um, I got a ton of videos of the truck and its progress along the way on there. So uh, if you want to see the truck in action, you'll definitely go to TikTok to see it. I know I hate to say that, but that's where it's at. Anyway, there you can friend request me on Facebook and I'll send you all the videos you want. So. Well, I, I appreciate you posting it the other day. And uh, it, it's so cool to see on on Discord all the all the different builds and, and things that uh, that you guys are working on. And this is a, a really, it's a unique build. So I encourage people to definitely go 
follow you and you know subscribe check out the videos and stuff because it's 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 really cool i mean like i said it caught my attention right away so i appreciate you being able to set aside time for us to chat talking to us about you know not just the truck itself but then also for anyone out there that's interested they want a career in diesel um you know, how they can do it and, and how the education plays such a crucial role, especially in what you mentioned with all the emission systems, whether it's a Dodge Ram 2500 or it's a medium or heavy duty truck. There's so, there's so much technology in them now that mm-hmm. is a little bit different than like when those first gens were new and yeah, you know, you know, they needed to be worked on. It's entirely different. So I appreciate you sharing that knowledge and telling us about the truck. Yeah, no problem. I really appreciate you having me in. Oh, no problem. Thanks again. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and check out the link down below or you can go to the dieselpodcast.com. Check out our sponsors page. There's tons of great companies there for BD Diesel, Dan's Diesel Performance, Amsoil, um, Fleece, RevMax, tons of other ones. So if you're looking for a way to support the podcast, I encourage you to make sure and check out those companies that have supported us. And they're ones who give back to the community. Um, they take time out of you know their busy schedules to do episodes with us, to answer questions, to go to events, to make sure you guys have the information you need to make informed buying decisions. Also, we have a Patreon link down below, which is something we wanted to create to give even more access um, than just sending us an email or messaging us on Instagram or even being part of our Discord server. And there's cool things we have planned for it as far as having contests for being the uh, cover of the Diesel Podcast that goes out on iTunes and all the podcast apps, or you can be an executive producer for for an episode and even see episodes first or things we don't release on, on other podcast apps. So, um, click down below. We've got a bunch of different tiers. We made it as affordable as possible. The, the, uh, the goal with it is just to be able to connect with you guys more and be able to give you things you can't find other places. And a couple of the Patreon supporters I want to give a shout out to are Texas diesel supply and rights diesel services. And it's Patreons like that, that, that really help us kind of take this to the next level and uh, give us the opportunity to continue to produce, you know, podcasts, get the videos edited, do different things. And we have some big plans in the future for this podcast and, and things we want to do for diesel. So we want to thank, our uh, our patreon supporters our discord member um discord members that, that have signed up or just any of you guys that just listen out there you know on, on your trucks at work at lunch all the support you've given us for years we definitely appreciate it until next time keep the shiny side up